Welcome to You're Still Doing That. I'm Matt Miller, and welcome to a podcast where I talk with everyday people about their childhood joys that have endured into adulthood. A podcast about the thing you've loved your whole life and continue to do, practice, and work at today. If you've been listening to the podcast, please check out my website, www.yourestilldoingthat.com, and leave a tip. You can also get caught up on all the past episodes. Uh, you can even suggest a future guest. That's right. Even your friends and family can come on the show and just uh, drop me a note and uh, we'll get them on here. Remember, www.yourestilldoingthat.com is the only podcast website to check out. With us today is Jay Watson and Kyle Wiltshire. Welcome to the show, fellas. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're excited, Matt. Thank you for having us. Yeah, and where are you guys at today? Uh, Jay and I both live in the Nashville area. I live in the north part of town, a little, uh, little town called Hendersonville. And uh, Jay, let you speak for yourself. Yeah, I live in Nolensville, Tennessee, which is south of town. So Kyle and I are about an hour apart. We're probably like 40 miles apart in actuality, yeah, but it yeah. takes over an hour to kind of get from South Nashville to North Nashville. And, and uh, Kyle's at the home of Johnny Cash, and uh, I'm at the home nice. of, uh, you know, Lady A, I think, lives down here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, where are you guys calling in from? I was like, man, you can tell them Generation X right there. Hands <laughs> are calling in. Um, so I've got Jay and Kyle on the show today. They wrote a book called The Dead Rock Stars. And in the universe they created, our most beloved rock musicians are not dead, but have faked their deaths and turned secret agents to save the world from all sorts of underground evil that wants to rule the world. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Elvis is not dead. He's just the leader of a secret agency of rock musicians that protect us from all sorts of boogeymen out there. Uh, if you've ever seen the movie Kingsmen, just insert rock musicians, and now you kind of got the idea, <laughs> which I'm a That's, big Kingsman fan myself. So if you guys have ever watched those flicks, big inspiration. Great Very summary. Good yeah, yeah, big beautiful, inspiration. Beautiful we kinda, summary. We kind of felt like it was Men in Black and Kingsman, a uh, little goofy, little fun, yeah. little tongue-in-cheek. It little, is a little Men in Black, too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah we, def- we've had... We've had Definitely several people that. quote that line from Men in Black where they say, you know, Elvis Elvis is still alive. Uh, yeah. Elvis is not dead. He I just went home. I didn't think of that. Yeah. <laughs> can't believe I didn't. Quote uh, us that one. I didn't think of that one. That's right. He's not dead. He just went home. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, on the show, everybody knows we always go to the past first and we get into what you're doing now. So uh, Jay and Kyle, um, where are you guys originally from? And how did you uh, how did you meet? Uh, well, I'm man. I'm from all over. Um, I I've spent time in Texas, in Louisiana, in Tennessee, in Alabama, and uh, my folks even resided there in North Carolina. Your home, Matt. Yeah. Uh, I never really called it home, but that's where I would go to visit them for for many many years. Uh, so yeah, I've lived all over the southeast. You're kind of like a southern mutt over there. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> some some southern gumbo. That's right. <laughs> um, so uh, reading your bios, we've got a fair amount of stuff in common. Jay, I also have twin daughters as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. So, How old are they? Uh, mine are eighteen. Um, mine are eighteen. How about oh, that? Oh my goodness. Uh, uh, Mine are just started their freshman year of college. 
Okay. Well, my girls start next year. We 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 let them cook uh, a little gotcha. longer in the education system. Ah, yeah. Mine are February birthdays. Okay. My girls are August birthdays, and uh, I um, I am an August baby as well. And so, getting back to where it all began, I started kindergarten at four years old, and I started college at seventeen, and I hated it. So yeah. we made sure that they would be the oldest and not the youngest. Yeah, I started college at seventeen just because my birthday was um, it uh. It was like it was, it was July, but I went to college like during the summer. My parents thought it'd be a good idea to get a kickstart. Yeah. Anyway, mm. I, I did not like being the youngest person around. <laughs> so did they did they go to the same school or did they go separate no, schools? No, my uh, girls are as different as can be uh, in all shape and fashion. So uh, one's in university and uh, at NC State University, and the other one is at a com- local community college here. Are either of them living at home, or are they uh, they out the uh, house? No, this, uh, the community college is home, because that's in okay. our town, but my other one's, uh, no, she's living on campus. Okay, all right. Yeah, one so wanted halfway to, there. Halfway. One was, once, man, my daughter at State, she's ready to like just have her own place and work and go. She's ready for all that. And then my other one is still kind of thinking about what's going to happen, so she likes yeah. staying at home. I get it. I understand completely. My girls are... Both similar in the fact that they're outgoing, but uh, one is a singer-songwriter, and the yeah. other is a wants to be an astrobiologist, if that gives you nice. an indication of yeah. where, where they are. <laughs> one of them uh, probably has that sweater. and Yeah, uh, I wore it just for, I'm going to talk to Kyle here in a second. And I wore it just for that. <laughs> definitely uh, your, Legos, your Lego collection back there in the... Uh, I, I, I'm a little more interested in the starting lineup that I see back there, but, uh, she'd want to know all about your Legos. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Kyle, I saw that you were a big star Wars fan and, yeah. uh, I am Guilty. myself as for a long time. I'm a big Obi-Wan Kenobi fan. He's kind of been my favorite. Yeah. Man, man of too. all time. Did you like the show? Were you pleased with the, with the, with the Obi-Wan Kenobi show? I was pleased with the show. I wasn't pleased that they showed him so, like, uh, like uh, I guess, like, I don't know what the right word is, like, hurt or yeah, life like crisis deflated, almost. you yeah. know, like he was beat, you know, yeah, when the show first started. It's like he needed to get a convertible and maybe a new haircut or something to make himself feel better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like it, didn't make just... any, it didn't make any sense because he was like, you know, uh, I, you know, the Jedi, you know, I'm not doing that anymore. But then he's like, but the boy must be trained, you know? So it, right, it, right, kinda, right, right. it felt like I'm a plot hole, honestly. Yeah, I just, it felt really strange. It didn't, it didn't quite work for me in that regard. But by the yeah. end, it won me over. Oh, yeah. And of course, I, I nitpicked all day long when I was like, yeah, well, on one hand, I, I was like, I had to hear all of it. I had to hear every bit of it. So. <laughs> he did. He did. But I was like, you know, I kind of like that as Leia. It's kind of cool that they had an adventure together because you, yes. you sort of in, expected it to be Luke. And that's how, right. you know, Luke knew, knew Obi-Wan or whatever. But it's kind of cool that it was Leia. But then for her to act so casual, you know, uh, mm-hmm. like when he died, at the, you know, in, in episode four. Like, you know, they have to retcon so much to make all these other stories yeah, work. that's another thing people me. thought. Yeah, um, I was, I, I love their adventure. And I love the actress that played little yeah, Leia. I she mean, was that so was, good. That was great. I kept waiting. I was like, why is Obi-Wan still like? Like not knowing what he's supposed to do, I was like, "What's yeah. taking so long?" But, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, but you're right. You know, if they have all this adventure together, I was like, she pays him no mind whatsoever. And for I don't, that's a, I don't have a, 
I don't have a, I don't think they are plot holes. I mean, I, I think you can get a little nitpicky and you're right. Retconning does matter, but like, you know, if you, if you put it into a little bit of the real world situation, I mean, he's lost everybody he's known. Like the person that he raised up is now, you know, the emperor bad guy of the universe. Like it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's gotta be a little bit depressing. You know what I mean? And then for him to have to hide and not be Obi-Wan and not go yep. clean house, you know, that, that's gotta yep. wear on you too. Not being able to use your gifts. And that last episode, man, that yeah. was that was almost worth the price of admission for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. It was good. It was one of those, you know, I feel like Disney can't get it right. The ones that should be series, they turn into movies. And the one that should be movies, or excuse me, the one that should be uh, movies, they right. turn into series. Series. So they sh- yeah. it should have been it should have been a two hour movie. I think it would have yes. been a lot better if it were a two hour yeah. movie instead yeah. of a, a six or eight hour, however long it ended up being, yep, you know, yep, yep, series. Yep, yep. I, yeah. Just you know, just my opinion. But I'm still down for all of it. Oh, um, of course. Oh, yes. yeah. So, did you watch all the Rebel uh, Clone Wars and the Rebels and Bad Batch? Yeah, and all that as I well? have not been much of the animation thing. I've had the hardest time getting into watching uh, really anything animated. I don't know why, but that's just not really my thing. So, if you didn't watch Rebels, did that flavor your like for Ahsoka? No, I, no, I went in there knowing I was like, I'm, I'm gonna miss a beat or two in the beginning, but no, Soka was just fine. Yeah, it was just a, it was too much of a, it was great, but it was, I wish it was been a little faster. It's a mm. little much of a slow burn. Mm. Yeah, with all the show, all the cartoons and stuff, you kind of have to. I feel like I, I needed to get on the front end and watch them in real time. Because I have, I have not been even with my. I've got boys that are that are uh, thirteen and fifteen, and we have tried several times to start the Clone Wars. We just can't do it. Yeah, uh, it, it's just it's too much. And I love Star Wars, but man, I just there's just a lot uh, of those to watch. There's a lot. That's a yeah. lot. <laughs> there's a lot. Uh, but I'm more I'm more of like the original trilogy, four, five, and six. That is, I mean, like that's my jam. You know, yeah, that, yeah. that is what I love the most. Those those three movies. And uh, uh, so your knowledge of videos and what year they came out. Um, I worked, Let's go, Kyle. Right. I worked at a, a video rental store back in the day when we were still VHSing. Yeah. And uh, so for several years. So my, my expertise is not uh, what year the movies came out, but what the cover of the movie was. Yeah. yeah. I remember all those covers working in the store. Have you and, ever uh, seen... Um, I believe it was Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, Quentin Tarantino said he could do a similar thing where, because he, he worked at a video yeah. rental store, and he said he said you could read the description of any of those movies, and I can tell you what movie it was. And Kimmel put him to the test, and he read the most obscure movies, and he like nailed them all. And he knew like <laughs> their original titles, and because some of the titles get changed over time, right, he was right. like, "Oh yeah, well that's," and he called them by their original titles and stuff. I mean, it was really cool. I was like. Yeah. That is Tar- a yeah. Tarantino work. <laughs> yeah, he's a Jeopardy expert when it comes to that kind of knowledge. That's for sure. It um, was cool. Yep. And uh, your guys, big lovers of Highlander. Um, I remember watching <laughs> that when it came out. I thought it was the most metal thing ever when it first came. Oh, it was kind it. of metal. Well, metal yeah. in the sense that it literally makes no sense. That's how it's metal. <laughs> yeah. Right. I was thinking, you kill the person and take their powers. I was like, oh, it's awesome. Yeah, I've, well, I've been hoping that they'd reboot it. I, I, I think they've I've seen something about it a couple of times, but I think that's yeah, a, it's definitely right time. Yeah, that's that's one that's right for reboot that series. There can be only one. 
Yeah. Highlander is huge for us because, you know, we when, when we were, you know, in college and just out of college, we, we sort of were like, what are what are these what are the, you know these movies that maybe we missed out on when we were a little younger or whatever? And so we discovered yeah. Highlander. So we were like, let's let's watch them all. And it was Highlander two where we were like, what the heck is this? Like that's no, I, that's. I think we I think we watched Highlander two because we read on a list somewhere it was like the number one worst movie of all time, and we're like, yeah. we got to see it. Yeah, right, right. And and we we watched that and we're like, it really kind of planted the seed for us that we could we could do this. We could tell our own yeah. story because yeah. if that movie got made as bad as it was, as bad as that script was, you know, like. Surely we could do this. And so it kind yeah, of yeah, inspired yeah, yeah. us. That terrible Kyle, movie inspired us. Kyle, if you think about it, I can't think of a better segue than two of our biggest inspirations for writing this film are Quentin Tarantino and uh, Highlander. That right? is true. That is That's true. That's going to be one of my next questions was, what was your inspiration uh, for getting into this? Was this sure? Um, yeah, man. So... Um, so before you guys were writing uh, stories about dead rock stars, what kind of storytelling were you guys into in the '90s and early 2000s? Well, I think I think we, if if you know, I listened to a couple of your of your episodes, and I kind of was a little bit panicked, like, what am I going to say that I, you know, I'm still loving that, I'm still doing that from the time I was a kid, and my answer was going to be, man, I still love stories, you know, yeah. like stories from my childhood, like have been so central. Like I get choked up thinking about a good story sometimes, you know? Right. And so whether it's just, you know, uh, storytelling among friends or, or a written form or, or a visual form, I just love stories and I always have. Um, and so whether it was, you know, we've, we've already talked about Star Wars, but whether it's Star Wars, whether it's, you know, uh, some of the some of the, the famous wonderful books we've read, you know, that we've drawn inspiration from, uh, Harry Potter or whatever. Yeah. You know, just I just I just love a good story. A uh, story always um, just moves me, you know, on a really deep level for sure. Yeah, I was I didn't put it together until I saw a comedian tell a skit that Harry Potter is just Star Wars, hmm. and I didn't <laughs> I didn't get it. I was like, what? And so he was telling his thing. And I was like, that guy is right. I mean, you've got the I think orphan with living with his aunt and his uncle who aren't really, they're kind of his aunt and his uncle, right? And he's living there and, you know, and then he goes and he finds out he's got these powers and he goes and lives with this other people and you've got Yoda and you've got Dumbledore and then you've got all the other people. And I was like, that's Star Wars. No wonder I love Harry Potter so much. It's just like it's a retelling. True. It is true. Well, you know, that's George Lucas's whole thing is that, you know, really every story is just a version of the hero's journey. Right. Yeah. You know, and and when he created Star Wars, what he wanted to do was take just an absolutely familiar story, but put it in a new setting. You know, like, let's put it in space. So we're doing space opera. We're doing space cowboys, whatever, however you want to think about it. Space cowboys is pretty metal. That is pretty metal. That is too. (laughs) And, and, you know, and so Jay and I kind of tried to do a similar thing with, with our book. We were constantly talking about, you know, inspirations. Well, this is sort of like this and this is sort of like this. And those were things that we sort of used as we were, you know, as we were writing and, and kind of creating the story. I, I, uh, I was born in August of 77. So I was actually in utero in my mother's womb 
uh, for the opening of Star Wars. I was there. I was, I didn't, you know. Right. Could, you were the, you had to. You, I mean, yeah. I really was like my parents right. went, you know, they saw it and I was in the womb. Uh, but my entire childhood, the two things that I are very formational for me was we had the sandbox out in the backyard and I had Star Wars figures and I had G.I. Joe and I, I could go out there and I could create whatever world I wanted to right. out in that, that sandbox. And, and, yeah. you know, you got to be on Tatooine or you got to do whatever. And then, uh, one of my friends got the, uh, return of the Jedi, the, uh, Rancor pit. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I just remember being just blown away by that and that creativity and just whatever you want to do. And so if it was Star Wars or G.I. Joe or Transformers or He-Man, uh, I was into all those action figures. Um, and and, and in, in a sense, in the 80s, too, uh, professional wrestling was a big deal. And they, yes, Hogan it was. I had those sure uh, action figures that you could wrestle. Yeah. And my cousins had those. And so fr- from a very early age, I did two things. One, uh, I'd go over and have dinner at my neighbor's house and, and they loved to tell my parents that I would come over and ruin the plot of any movie or any story or <laughs> like I'd sit there at dinner and I would tell the whole story to them like line right. for line. And the second thing I'd do is I would make these worlds up with these action figures. Yeah, and yeah. for me, uh, that's never stopped. Creativity has always been a big part of my journey, my story, communicating, um, making people laugh, make, making people kind of surprised even by what we're talking about, how we got there. Yeah. You know, in some ways, our, our story is that way. Uh, there's some sneaky, important things that are going on in, between the lines of our story. Uh, but at the same time, it's absolutely ludicrous and ridiculous. Right. And so uh, that kind of sums me up a little bit. Like I, I love the, the weirder and cooler reading the comic books when I was little, my dad just had piles of comic books. And so X-Men and Spider-Men were my favorites. And, you know, yeah. in some ways, uh, our books a little bit like the X-Men and, uh, we've taken, it is, uh, isn't it? We've taken different things and put them together and created a super team. Nice. I was a, who could have had a bald headed rock star that could have been your leader. I was trying to think who <laughs> Michael Stipe. Michael He's still Stipe. alive. Yeah. He's still alive though. Yeah. You have to wait. All right. Well, I hope we didn't, um, just uh, <laughs> no, a little premature so. uh, for Michael Stipe. I hope something that's doesn't happen. That's <laughs> true. That's a good point. I'll have to look online, make sure he's still kicking, make sure he's right. Uh, uh, that's right. me in the corner. All right. So let's get into your book a little bit. So how did um, how did the idea came about about writing a book about dead rock stars that are secret agents? I did see a clip on Twitter that you guys might have to give Sonic Drive-In a little kudos. <laughs> that's exactly, uh, that's exactly that. right. Uh, <laughs> earlier on in our careers, when commuting was more of a thing, uh, post-pandemic, I think that slowed down quite a bit. But uh, pre-pandemic and commuting, Kyle and I would usually spend just about every morning talking about whatever movie or whatever uh, TV show or whatever book. Right. And we would just go over the plots and go over the plot points. And that was kind of our world. And like Kyle kind of alluded to, um, just like probably everybody else on the planet that's a nerd, you say to yourself, I think I could do a better job than they could. Right. And we <laughs> talked about it and we had a lot of bravado, uh, you know, when we were just uh, uh, consumers. Yeah. And uh, every once in a while, we'd come up with ideas and some of them were okay ideas and some of them were really dumb ideas but we had ideas and we'd talk about them and one day i, I was uh 
I was riding and I pulled up in the Sonic stall, like you said, and ordered my Diet yeah. Dr. Pepper and uh, a I was going to ask burrito. what your order was, yeah. <laughs> bacon, bacon, egg and cheese, breakfast burrito at Sonic is the best thing on the menu. Yeah. Um, <laughs> by far, and they, you can get it 24 hours a day or, or however the long they're open. You can get yeah. it at night. It's still better at night. Um, and the Route 44, half price on the app, it's where it's at. Anyway. Nice. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the idea kind of came out, and Kyle presented this idea. Kyle, I'll let you pitch the idea you told me. Yeah, what stall were you in, though? I think we got to get to stall. Number credit. 19. 19. Stall 19, yeah. So Jay's sitting in stall 19. I'm probably you know somewhere on Interstate 65 or something. I don't know. And uh, I, I said, Jay, I've had this idea for a while. It's kind of been floating around, and uh, I think it might be kind of fun. I said, you know, basically, your intro is, is exactly what I told him. I was like, imagine, like, what if all these dead rock stars, what if they weren't dead? What if they're still alive? What if they're secret agents? And, uh, and Jay's response, I'll never forget it. You know, I, I feel like Jay, we've been telling this kind of wrong. I feel like I said, like, just it goofing off, like, yeah, that's a million dollar idea. Right. And you were like, Kyle, that's not a million dollar idea. That's a billion dollar universe. Right. Sure is. <laughs> and, uh, that, that's just sort of been our, you know, like the, as, the ignition, the ignition that today, kind of got us started. Just, just, just so we're clear to date, I think the universe is, we're still a couple grand in the hole right now, as yeah. far as the universe goes. <laughs> right, that's right. We have, that's right. Still got a few, a few little uh, points to hit before we're we get really to that. Really excited to be making tens and tens of dollars on this book. <laughs> right. Um, I I forgot to say it in the beginning of my line, but normally I say welcome to the podcast, where tens of people will probably hear you. Absolutely, hey, we're going take, in the right direction. Take your tens and our tens. Yeah. Put them together, we might get to a hundred, man. Hundreds, I, yeah. You never I think know. We can do this. <laughs> um, so, uh, how long was the process to, to from from the idea of it to where you're holding the book in your hand? Yeah. I, uh, in 2018, I I completed a book that I wrote. I self published it, and I kind of had this mentality of you. This is something we can actually do. Kyle and I didn't really know how to write a fiction, a work of fiction. We, we wanted to write a movie, but we yeah. didn't know how to write a script. And so we ended up just starting to write. And uh, I was like, let's, do, we, let's just try. I mean, I'd done it once. So I was like, come on, let's just try. And yeah. so I wrote a couple chapters and then Kyle got excited. He started writing chapters. And then we realized within a couple of weeks in 2018 that we might maybe have something uh, because um, life happens, right? I mean, we yeah, have yeah. full-time jobs. We have everything going yeah. on. There would be street, there'd be streaks. There'd be moments where things would really get going. Um, but I don't think we completed it until April of 2020, maybe Kyle, do you, right. uh, do you have a better memory than that? Yeah. The first, like the first draft, you know, the first like hit the period on the last sentence, uh, it was, it was about April of 2020. So from about September of 18 to, to April of 2020, um, was the first draft. Now we went back, we've gone back over probably twice since then. We've had several editors look at it and, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a, a huge process to, to what it is now. And we still have friends that are fond of saying, you got a typo on page one Oh nine or, you know, yeah. those sort of things. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it happens, it happens, but yeah, it was a full process. Jay, I mean, Jay truly is, is, uh, you know, the more entrepreneurial of the two of us. I am very much, you know, kind of like, I live my life in fear, you know, <laughs> like I'm, right. I'm always like, Hey man, I don't know about that, you know? And so he was, you know, he was so like, dude, we can do this. Let's do it. And we'd tried some things before 
and, and, and never really, you know, we do something for a while and they kind of fall off. And so, you know, I kind of just sort of half-hearted was like, sure, yeah, let's do it. Right. But I mean it when I say it. He wrote the first two chapters. And after I read those, I was inspired. And I was like, I think we can do this. And same, same as he did. And so just chapter by chapter, section of the book by section of the book, we just made a plan. We worked it together. You know, I would read his chapters and make some edits and he would read my chapters and make some edits. And, you know, ultimately what you hold in your hand when you hold a copy of the Dead Rockstars is is not, you know, Kyle wrote half and Jay wrote half. I mean, we wrote the entire right, thing yeah. together because we poured over every chapter together and walked away saying, you know, I sign off on this 100 percent. This is this is us. This is yeah, our baby. This it's is our, our baby. baby. Yep. <laughs> So was it ugly or pretty? It's ours. It's ours. (laughs) Was it difficult to get it published once you guys had had written the draft and you're like, okay, we've looked through it a lot. Um, So what was the process to getting uh, somebody to actually publish it for you? Uh, I'll answer quickly. I'll answer quickly, Kyle, and then I'll let you answer. Yes, it was hard and it was not fun. And I don't recommend it. Uh, I give it zero out of uh, 10 stars as far as trying to get it done. <laughs> you know, you, you notice when you look at it at the cover of our book, you see that our names are real small down at the bottom because ain't nobody buying that book because our names are on it. Now, if you go to a bookstore or you look online and you find, see an author and the name's like half the cover, you know, right. those are the ones who can easily get their books John sold. John Grisham, that's all you that's see right. on the spine of it is his name. That's right. Stephen King. It's like Stephen King. And then the title is tiny, you know, it's like, I'm just going to get in the book because Stephen King wrote it. But, you know, we, we had an agent for about a a, a seven or eight minutes, Uh, but Uh, then that, I'd say like a half hour. We had a half half hour. hour. Good, good half hour. We had an agent and that kind of (laughs) fell apart. Um, So we were a little discouraged by that. And we, we sent, you know, book proposals to every, every, you know, agency that we could think of and right, right. Uh, to, to, you know, so we tried and tried to end up, or I had a, a friend who recommended Morgan James is who we ended up publishing with and told us about their process. And just like providentially their CEO was in Nashville where we live, where both of us live. And we just sort of happened to be able to run into him. We pitched our book and he was like, guys, that sounds awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. He said, send me a manuscript. We have our, our committee, like, again, we said the, earlier, they're a boutique publisher who only publishes a few books a year, like 15 well, fiction books a year. Yeah, they, right. do, they do 200 books a year, but only 12 or 15 of them are fiction. Or fiction. Most of them fiction. are trade books or like marketing right, right. books or, you know, even dental trade books. They do, they do a lot of those things and do well with that. But they're fiction. They're pretty selective. They only do 12 a year. And uh, uh, it's a pretty interesting process, even how they did that. But not you know the big publishers will do thousands of books. This, this yes. book, this two hundred sounds like a lot, but like in comparison, it, it is, uh, it it is it is a publisher. It's a major publisher, but it's a, it's boutique. We didn't self publish. Yeah, yeah. Like there, are, you can find the book wherever books are sold, which was really important to us. Um, yeah. But it's a it's a uh, it's a boutique publisher. Yeah, but they loved it. They passed it through their committee. They you know they read it over and you know they they approved it and. I mean, it was, it's kind of as long as it took to like work through the process of trying to get someone to, to read it, to look at it, to consider it, it came together just as quickly in the opposite fashion for them to say, yeah, we want to do this. And so within a few weeks we had a signed deal and, uh, you know, then became the process of like, whoa, now we really got to finalize this thing and and get it to them. So it was, it was a challenge, but it was fun. They also did something cool that maybe this is just what everybody does now. I don't know, but they ran it through AI. 
And, you know, what, when was that? Was that like 2022 when they did that? Uh, 21, I think. 2021. Oh, and so, yeah. like, to hear about AI in 2021 and that yeah, capacity, no one we were was like, talking, Yeah, no one talked about it then. What is this? And so they gave yeah. us like a, I don't know how many pages a report was. It was it was like maybe 15 pages or something like that, wasn't it, Kyle? Yeah, it was thick. And uh, they ran it through AI and they told us whether or not, based on the AI, this was going to be a successful book. If it matched up to other best-selling fiction pieces. And wow. you know, we even got a chart of the flow of action and narrative and talking and all those kind of things. Wow. Character profiles. They told us what each character was like and if they had a mm. voice. Um, That's scary. It, 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 it is scary. <laughs> uh, but for us, you know, we, we're, we were dying for some affirmation and right, for them right, to right, say, right, right. you know, your book matches up with 71% of, uh, you know, best-selling fiction. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're like, yeah, yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, that's always good to hear, too. Well, I didn't know they did. That's crazy. But, um, yeah, man. Well, I've used AI for um, writing descriptions of podcasts, you know, and I just type in a couple bits of, like, what I would say, and you hit enter, and then this beautiful novel gets put right in front of you. And I was like, <laughs> how does this even work? I was like, I don't understand, but it's great. <laughs> if you have seen the new Disney movie, Wish, I think it was written by AI. I am not yeah. even kidding. I think it was like, here's what we want. We want an evil king, and we want animals yep. that are cute, and we want a star, and we want a song, and we want a blah, blah, blah. Throw it in the AI, and then boom, here's the movie. And then they just ran with it, and they gave someone credit for it. Because it makes no sense, and it's, <laughs> it's it's rough. I'm sorry, Disney. You know, I hope you would love to, you know, make dead rock stars for us one day. But right, but I just have to say, wishes no bueno. <laughs> um, I'm friends with uh, our local theater. Uh, we only have one theater in my little town. I'm friends with the manager, and they do an indie film festival each year. And I've always thought, when am I going to make like a short film? Mm. I was like, it's be this year. Uh, I don't know, but it, they're going to do one in April. And so films are due by January 1st. And I was like, all right, I'm going to write a film. I'm going to shoot a film. It's going to be short. So what should it be? And I was like, I can't think of a topic. And my wife's like, why don't you just ask uh, chat GPT? And I was mm. like, you can do that? So I did. I was like, I want to make a film. And it asked me all kinds of questions. Boom, 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 boom. And then, you know, after about 30 minutes of doing questions, it spit out a script. <laughs> and I was so when you said Disney did AI for Wish, I was like, I can believe it. I know it because it just did it for me. So how was the script? <laughs> it was good. I didn't mind it, but I was like, I can't believe that. That's crazy. But so see, really, you, that's that's your you story right there. Are you going to shoot it? Maybe. And uh, well, we'll see. It my premise was uh, um, the short film was about trying to put together like um, it was uh, auditions to fill like into your garage rock band, right? The band mm. is looking for a new person. And so the short film was all the different people that came in to audition, right? For like a new bass player or something. And so it would just be a whole bunch of people playing a, all kinds of crazy people that would come into audition. And that was going to be like sort of what the short film was about. So that's, that's your premise right there is you're, you're stumped on what your short film should be about. So you go into yeah. to, chatbot gpt to write it for you but as that's happening the crazy people that come into your world are the real story but you're not noticing it because you're so locked into your uh, you know trying to get AI right, to right, do, right. do it for oh, you oh that's good the, sto 
the story so the is all around short, you. The actual yep. short story is him trying to figure out what he's going to do. And yeah. then them, you know, and then all, yeah. inside the audition process. Yeah. Yeah. That's See, right. That's yeah. that's chatbot GPD cannot think that way. They don't think in that dimension. No, so that's why they'll never they replace can. us, Jay. They'll never replace us. That's right. I, I agree. I think they're going to help us, but they're not going to replace us. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's get into the book. Um, oh, we've got a long ways to get to the book. I'm looking at my timer <laughs> down here. Uh, so we'll talk as much about the book without spoiling it because everybody needs to go buy a copy of The Dead Rock Stars. Uh, it's yes. a great story. It's a great read. Um, How uh, long did it, it take you, Matt? It didn't take, let's see, I am not a reader. So the fact that I, I read your book within a week's time uh, says a lot about what you wrote because... I can't remember the last time I wrote I read a book. Oh, that's um, awesome! That, I go in great. spurts, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's a real good read. It's a uh, I found an easy read. It didn't. It's got a lot of dialogue, which I like. Um, if it's got too much description, I just start flipping pages. <laughs> and I was like, let me get more of the dialogue part. Like I read, I was trying to read Interview with a Vampire once. Ann Rice, and it's like she's gone on three paragraphs about what this door looks like. I was like, I started flipping pages. <laughs> go through the door already, right? Just go through the door. I want to hear more what vampires are doing. That's Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, man. He's going to tell you what everybody was eating at the table and what ingredients the meal was made from, and you know, and and all that. That man loves to describe a meal. Kyle, yeah, you better yeah. be car- you better be careful. You know how I feel about RR. <laughs> Yeah. He's, he's, he's something. <laughs> All right. So to start the book, we meet um, Buddy Holly and Elvis Presley start us off in the beginning. What made you guys want to start the Dead Rock Stars with those two icons? I mean, it, I think Jay would be the only one to answer that because this came it came straight from his his imagination. Where, where, why why'd you do that, Jay? I've, I've never wondered. I've always wondered. I've never yeah, asked. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know that I have a really solid answer. I... Um, if we're talking about why are you still doing that or what are you still doing? Right. Uh, I, I was also born the week after Elvis passed away. And so Elvis was a huge part of my young childhood. You couldn't escape yeah. it on television. My parents loved him. My, my parents saw him live, um, being in Nashville and Memphis being, you know, a few hundred right, miles right, away. Right. You just, it was nothing but Elvis all the time. Elvis did a lot of his recording in Nashville. And so it was nothing but Elvis all the time. So I used to, as a three-year-old, go around singing "Hunka Hunka Burning Love," right. and uh, my parents <laughs> loved it. And so I've always been enamored with Elvis. The more I've learned about him, the more I've appreciated him. And I always loved the idea of, you know, in real life, Elvis wanted to be a secret agent. So I loved the idea oh, yeah. of Elvis being a secret agent and us getting to watch Elvis do that. Also, um, I loved the fact that. Um, uh, Elvis gets cited a lot. You know, there's a lot of Elvis sightings. The National yes, Enquirer built their yeah. business around aliens and Elvis, basically. Yeah. Uh, and and people that were pregnant with alien Elvises, I think, was one of the things they did. I don't know. But uh, uh, the sightings were all the time. And so I thought, what better place than for Elvis yeah. to be in his garb, you know, in Las Vegas, and nobody yeah. cared that that was him. Like, because they just thought right. he was another impersonator. And so probably I thought that was there. interesting. Also, Buddy Holly is a uh, – most people from the age of, I don't know, let's say 30 to, to whatever, could tell you one thing about a Buddy Holly at least, and it would yeah. be 
if it's not Weezer, they would tell you about horned rim glasses. And so yeah. uh, I think I started there because those were two iconic figures that you visually knew exactly what they looked like and it wasn't hard to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. miss it or misunderstand it. And so, and, and secondly, I wanted to get right into Elvis, you know, karate chopping people in a karate yeah. suit. Like I can't think of anything <laughs> more cool than that, you know, bedazzled karate fighting. Yes. Sign me That's up. That's right. So the book is set and uh, it's 1999 and we're about ready to hit Y2K. And so that, so it takes place right at then. And so you see uh, Elvis Presley goes right into just uh, butt kicking central Chuck Norris all in a, <laughs> a hotel room there in Las Vegas. And I was thinking, man, it's like, what would this look like on screen <laughs> of uh, him kicking in the door and you know, and that voice kicks in and the black hair, or maybe it's gray by this point comes in and, <laughs> and he just starts, you know, going through methodically and taking out all the, uh, cannon fodder bad guys that are there. Yeah, the henchmen. Yeah. The henchmen. That's a good <laughs> word. Yeah. Just walking right through. That would be great. Uh, after we get introduced to buddy Holly and Elvis, uh, very shortly after that, we find out John Lennon is on the team. Kurt Cobain, Jerry Garcia, Jim Morrison, and Janis Joplin, uh, and a whole lot of others that I am not going to spoil that are in there as well. Um, and I really got to love uh, uh, Jerry Garcia's character. I got real. I was like, man, that's perfect about how you guys wrote him in there. <laughs> Thank you. And I was like, that was a good choice. And um, Jim Morrison uh, as silent. <laughs> And not yeah. speaking the whole time. I was like, I kind of dig it. I well, you are the, the Easter egg behind that. Let, let me tell you the story behind that. Yeah, so as good. Jay and I were writing, um, we it kind of occurred to us that so many of these people have already had like biopics made about them. Yeah. And, and a lot of them were made quite a long time ago. And so for some of these people uh, to, you know, to, to be aged in our story, they're older in our story. Yeah. Well, they're still, they're the same age as the people that played them in 1990 or in 1978 or whatever, you know? And so we're like, what if the same people just played them again, you know? And so if you know, the doors, the 1991 movie about Jim Morrison and you know, the band, the doors was played by Val Kilmer and Val Kilmer is like one of our favorite actors yep, of yep, all yep. time. And in, I think in 2014, he developed uh, throat cancer and so he can't speak very well anymore. And so our desire was like, if, if, if Val could play Jim again, we would need to write it in such a way where he doesn't have to speak a whole lot. And so our desire was like, yeah. let's do that. Let's write it in a way. So, and it, and it also fits with kind of how weird Jim Morrison is that he might would be a guy who'd actually take a vow of silence vow for some silence, reason. Yeah. Except for when he <laughs> sings. Yep. That's and, was right. it, yeah. and Jim Morrison was the uh, fight instructor, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Might, yeah, you might need yeah. a body double for that one. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Now, 2018, it wasn't quite like it is now. Or probably. But, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But we're, we're it's so it's okay. The the spirit of it is there. We spent a, you know, you said you could just see it as a movie. Well, we wrote it that way. I mean, yeah, we, yeah. we see a movie, and and the way we see it, we spent a lot of time talking about which character would be who. Uh, yeah. You know, we talked about Jack Black being uh, Jerry Garcia. I oh man, I got to tell you what. Uh, uh, when I was typing up a script for you guys, I was like, Jay and Kyle, I was like, man, I'm going to keep thinking of Jack and Kyle tenacious D the whole time. <laughs> and then I kept started thinking about what I was like, Jack black. I was like, where would he fit? 
in this. And then I thought, man, Kyle Gass could play Jerry Garcia. That's for sure. Or yeah. Jack Black could play yeah. Jerry Garcia. Either yeah. one of them. I don't know if Jerry in real life was a huggable guy, but in our imaginations, we just Jer-Bear. think he's huggable, man. Yeah, we Jer-Bear. just think He sure looks huggable, doesn't he? That's, that's a sure. dude you want to hang out with. You want to get yeah. to know, spend some time with, chat with. Yeah. That's why we gave him the role we gave him in the book. Uh, you know, because he doesn't seem to be my, the most adept at maybe hand to hand combat, but he's definitely got a uh, got an important role on the team. So yeah, well, uh, Jack Black was, could definitely handle some of that hand to hand combat. Oh, he uh, could with the, yeah, the movies he he's done. He's I'm sure we could got put some that in dexterity there. for sure. <laughs> if you follow him on TikTok, um, you get more than you uh, bargain for. That, <laughs> oh, I got to do that. I don't follow yeah. him on TikTok. Well, I don't really follow anybody on TikTok, but he's but a worthy I, follow for sure. Especially I would if you uh, check him out. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure he did a. I don't think he did a Hulkbuster uh, TikTok, but he did a Hulk one and he did an Iron Man, and it's pretty impressive what he did. All right, <laughs> I have to check it out. Um, so, uh, reading the book, I was trying to think of celebrities that you left out. So, but I don't want to spoil anything. But there's one I want to bring up, and I was okay. like, "There's no. You've got Lennon, but there's no George Harrison." Yeah. When did George die? George was still alive in 99, I think, wasn't he? Was he? I thought I he think died. he was. Maybe that's why he was. I thought George Harrison died. I know he died of cancer. I was thinking maybe maybe the celebrities just have to have like a tragic death. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we you know, we wanted to he be sensitive. He died in November 29th, 2001. 2001. Uh, so he, 2001. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, we, I we thought wanted, he was. He died in the eighties or nineties or something. No, he. We, these were real people, you know, and we tried to be sensitive to the fact that they're real people, and yeah. some of them, some of them died in in really horrific ways, and uh, you know, and so we tried to just stay away from from a few, and right. you know, um, some might quibble with our taste of including, you know, John Lennon because he was he was murdered. Um, you know, but in, in our story, the way we try to frame the story is that sometimes um, the dead rock stars use real life things that happen yep. um, and, and spin them. You know, um, there's uh, I'll just reveal this part, Jay. I hope it's OK with you. you know, there's a story about they tried to get Ronald Reagan to join the dead rock stars yes. after his attempted assassination. And he turned them down. He was like, no, but it was all it was all set up perfectly for him to walk yep. away from you know from the presidency and you know and lead this, correct, this secret agency I'm going to correct you a little bit. He, they didn't try him to get him to be a part of the Dead Rock Stars. They asked him to join the DRS. That's a that's, that's a distinction. True. That's a distinction. That's yeah. true. That's true. They did ask him to join the DRS. So the DRS, anyway, yeah. all, all that to say, you know, when we when we wrote that in the story, we didn't realize the, you know, sort of the the backstory of his assassination attempt and so we there was someone else who was actually uh shot as well and so we were like oh gosh so we can't say that that, that they faked the assassination and all that. that's you know that's really weird so how do we do it where we write it in where they use what really happened right so that was sort of you know it's kind of the way we got around some of those some of those things but yes yeah, so we left some people out for sure um there were and, some there were some that are some that were a little too gruesome for us you know right marvin yeah. gay selena some of those are or, or marvin gay yes too yeah. too much too uh too much to kind of take in but you know on the other end of it i think I'm, I'm trying to remember what our tagline is kyle what's our little thing that we say at the very beginning of the book uh to those that uh yeah, to those, those that lost to those we've lost but still love yeah. yeah and for us it's a love letter to 
an alternate reality, what could have been, you know, right. a, a chance to for these people that uh, the world loves so much for them to have a way to come back and love the world back. Uh, I, I think we, we try to honor them. I think we try to be sensitive uh, to yeah. that. We, we keep it light. We don't uh, we don't dwell too much in the, the sad stuff, but there's some important things there of, of you know, addiction is a big part of a lot yeah, of people's to stories. Say, you've got and so, a couple of um, sections where you guys deal about the life they used to live versus the life they live now. Yeah, and that's part of the fun of it is imagining, um, you know, what would happen if, you know, these guys, a lot of them who struggle with addiction got clean and then, you know, 20 years down the road, who would they be, you know, and what, yeah. what would they be like? And Or five years but, down the road or, or two years, right. you know, for some yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. And, and that's one thing I was thinking about. The book is very clean. I mean, anybody can read this book. I mean, it's not, doesn't have like any kind of age limit or anything to it. It's a real, uh, real good read if it, for anybody at particularly any age level. Uh, could read it because it was at a it's, a it's a little violent i would say it's yeah, a little in places in places it is a little yeah. violent but uh i was think but i thought i was like this is really clean because these rock stars were not really clean people you know when in their in their day yeah but the book is very clean i wondered if that was a choice uh like with like you know just language and behaviors and things like that uh, you know, i don't know you, if that was your like a choice you guys made or or, or what was your thinking on that? If you read a lot of literature, um, literature isn't typically filled with um, graphic language all the time. I mean, some of them right. are, but I mean, for the most part, even things that are quite graphic, you know, Game of Thrones has got a lot of graphic stuff in it, but the, the language is not um, nearly as bad as, say, even like the, the HBO show or something like that. Like this, in, in right. lots of literature, there's not a lot of language. Um, we, we made a choice, um, for us, we wanted something that, uh, we could be proud of and not be ashamed of. Uh, we wanted it to be right. true to kind of the spirit of things, but at the same time, uh, wanted to be careful so that as many people as possible could read it and not, not be too bothered by things. Additionally, our publisher, um, has a policy about that where, uh, they're pretty concerned about language. And so we, yeah. uh. I think Kyle, maybe we had like three curse words in it originally, and I think now we're down to maybe no. no. Yeah, they made they made us cut a few out. We had a few yeah. in there, just you know, just to for that sprinkle of authenticity. But yes. uh, yeah, they they made us cut cut them out, and so think, we tried to write around think, it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think one was a tech. I think we got to keep one because it was a technical term, and yes. uh, yeah. two because it was a location. So I think we uh, we did okay with those. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I thought that was a smart choice about keeping it nice and clean. Because I was thinking, man, I was like, this could, this is a real easy PG thirteen kind of flick. And I mean, and depending on how you put it together, I, almost PG, depending on how you do it. I was nice and clean. And I thought that was real smart, just to, as you're right, as so many people could get a hold of it as possible, especially folks that might be new to uh, some of these characters and not know a lot about them or their music. And we hope yeah. that, like that we hope that what we've written is something that will continue the fandom of a lot of these people, you know, cause you get to see a little of their personality, but Kyle's done a great job with a Spotify playlist where he put all of the music chronologically in a Spotify playlist. So you can listen to the music ah. while you're kind of going through the book. And uh, nice. it, 
I think we've got links on our social media, but uh, it's a really useful tool. And we've noticed that some of our younger uh, readers have uh, started to develop a little bit of, uh, you know, yes. a little bit of uh, some knowledge and fandom of music. Yeah, because, I mean, it's uh, music. It never really goes out of style. It just sort of sequins around a little bit. And yeah, especially now with um, social media, people, my kids know all kinds of old stuff that our generation, we wouldn't know the old stuff unless you spent money, you know, to go and get it. Otherwise, we weren't going to, we didn't have access to it. Yeah. Unless your and parents had the records. Uh, yep. And in my yeah, case, they had eight tracks. So that was helpful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I grew up listening to the the coasters and the carpenters man that's all my parents played in the car hey so uh wow. were you happy when uh you you got a, ca a carpenter in the story uh yes no i picked up on it yeah, yeah yeah that's my mom's favorite um i was trying to think do i want to go into that or not <laughs> no it's okay it's all right yeah you know i didn't know about her just as a as a quick aside she is one of the best drummers i've ever seen have you ever seen yeah. Karen Carpenter play the drums? I don't think I've ever watched her play drums before. Just go to YouTube when you get yeah. a second and look it up. It, it'll blow you away how yeah. good she is, how good she was. And Incredible. the fact that she could play and sing at the same time. I find that mm. that's a talent. I mean, I play several, I'm a, uh, I'm a music teacher, public school, uh, I'm a music teacher. I oh, play cool. a few instruments, but I cannot sing and play anything at the same time without messing yeah. one or the other thing up. And it's uh, hard. And so anybody that sings and plays their instrument at the same time, I was like, man, I don't know how you do that. I can't, I can't put the two together. I'm going to mess one of the two up. <laughs> <laughs> I got to concentrate on one or the other. Yeah, um, I hear you. So we, um, so the book centers the 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 main person in your book is Mr. Cole Denton, who is not a rock star, and uh, and it centers around him and his involvement. Uh, with the DRS, the Dead Rock Stars. And uh, uh, so how did you guys go about wanting to center? Uh, well, I mean, the book is centered around a lot of the rock stars, but uh, what made you decide to uh, build a story around a guy who was not a rock musician? Yeah, so anytime you have a, a story where, where someone enters into the universe that, that's not their own, you need you need to have a vantage point. You need to be able to see it uh, because you're an outsider too. And so you know, you know, we've been talking a lot of Star yeah. Wars. Whether it's Luke Skywalker, what's the Force? You know, he right, didn't right, know. Right. He had to ask. Yeah. So anytime you you have a story, uh, you need you need a lens to see it through. So again, whether it's Star Wars, Luke Skywalker doesn't know what the Force is. He's got to be told what the Force is. Harry Potter, he's magical. He's 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 got all these things, but he doesn't know any of it. He doesn't know what a muggle is. You know, he has to be told the vocabulary and, you know, all these things. And so we realized that we needed someone else who's coming into the world who doesn't know the world, just like a reader wouldn't know the world. You know, they may know the people, but they don't really know this new universe. And so we decided that um, the route we would go is not necessary to bring in another um, rock star. You know, we'd bring in someone who's who's a tech star and someone who can right. help them. Um, fight against a battle that that they don't see coming, and that they're not equipped to they're not equipped to win, uh, and so they need someone with a new perspective. And the reader though needs someone who can help them understand this world and walk through it and see it through the lens uh, right. that, that they're seeing it through. All right, so uh, you've got a pretty good twist in your book. 
Um, what was your inspiration uh, and your idea to come up with um, uh, who was going to be the the twist in the book? I don't want to call him the bad guy, but yeah, because uh, we uh, don't know if he's a bad guy. But I'll, what was your I'll, idea about? I'll take a run at it, Kyle. If you, you want to, I'll go first, and you can add on if you yeah. want a little bit. Real, uh, be real careful, Jay. I real shall. careful. I shall. Uh, it's one of our favorite things to ask the question, did people figure it out? And so far, the overwhelming majority is surprised. I think for me, being a young child and being in the room when Darth Vader said to Luke, I'm your father, blew my brain. Like, it literally blew my brain. Like, I didn't know what right. to do with that. Uh, you think about Harry Potter and Snape and all the different you know, red herrings that are kind of there and, and trying to understand who's the bad guy, who's good and who's bad and, and how does this all work together. And then you mix that in with Marvel. And one of the things that I think uh, I, I would argue uh, DC movies haven't done well. Marvel movies have done well. Some of that has to do with the grounding of the humanity of the character. But I would also say that I think Marvel has done a fantastic job with bad guys. Um, yeah a lot of the bad guys have really good reasons to be bad guys. And so it's not that they're evil. It's that they see the world a certain way and they want to make the world better because of injustices they've experienced. Yeah. And so for us, we wanted to create a aha, like a shock. We wanted to create something that made sense when you go back and think about it. And we wanted to create something that fit within the framework of a real person's ideology um obviously um antagonists or villains or whatever you want to call it like those people in the real world don't do the things that our people do i mean not 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 most of the time right but uh for us uh to allow them to kind of uh be a little bit out there you know and do some things that you wouldn't expect them to do and and have some surprises in it uh, I think it was really fun for us to write and to make sure that we right. were covering our tracks and throwing yeah, out yeah, some yeah. red herrings here and there. And you yeah. think it's one person, you think it's another. And uh, it's been a lot of fun to listen to people try to figure it out in real time. I'll get text messages. I got one where uh, a, a, a woman was taking the the symbol that we have in the book and she was yeah. trying to pull it apart, trying to tell it. And then she'd give us guesses. And, you know, then she was like, oh, I got it. And I mean, it took her took her yeah. longer than we expected because <laughs> you know it's not supposed to be that big of a secret but i mean it's it's a little bit of like what is it and when it gets yeah, uncovered yeah, yeah. you're like oh that makes sense and uh same thing for the bad guy hopefully when you go back and read it you're like okay i understand some of the motivation i understand yeah. why they did some of the things they did was that good kyle or is that too much it's good no, <laughs> no it's good <laughs> yeah good, good looking back at the story i'm like oh i should have known at this point when that happened I should have known, which is exciting. That makes that yeah. makes us feel good. Like, like I we should did have known job. then, but I didn't <laughs> pick up on it. But it was good. Um, I, I love the uh, I see dead people kind of twist. You're like, what? <laughs> You're like, I never thought of that. You're kidding me. Well, you um, know, it's funny. We we did write that into the story that joke, and it, but that was long after it was over, and so we had to check. Did, had that movie come out at that point in time? Yeah. To, yeah. For that joke to be real, and so it was. It was pretty. It was a pretty fresh joke in the time frame of yes. us of our story when Cole right. actually says those words. I see I, dead people. I feel like I probably wrote that joke four times, and we only got to keep one of them, which is good. It was, it was proper, I think. <laughs> right, right, right. 
Um, so what was your research like uh, when you guys were writing dialogue for each of these rock stars, you know, trying to make them sound and speak like the, you know, people are used to hearing them. Uh, how, yeah, what was that, that process like? That was challenging, you know, because again, these were real people and they had real, you know, uh, patterns of speech. They had real um, you know, things that they would say and do. And so uh, we watched a lot of YouTube, to be honest, like yeah. interviews and, you know, what I what I what I tried to, to, to find was not so much uh, you know like the standard interviews where they're just kind of given their their fluff answers, but the ones where it was like a you know a recording of like Jan Winter talking to John Lennon, you know, and it was just sort of this off the cuff sort of thing. And yeah, he's going to build an interview for Rolling Stone magazine about yeah. it, but like to see the 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 interstitials, you know, the the conversations between the conversation, things like that. That's what we tried to really pick on pick up on is how do we how does Jimi Hendrix talk? You know, yeah, not very, it's Dick, very surprising how he talks, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's not when Dick Cavett's, you know, on on TV, you know, asking him questions or whatever. It's it's like the in between times, you know. So who was yeah, he yeah. really? And so we tried to try to match their their speech pattern, words they say, phrases they use. We tried to you know nail down phrases they use, right, and, and use those things to sort of match an authenticity. But we knew that we were never going to be able to nail like one hundred percent. Like that's perfect. But we wanted to be in the ballpark. We wanted to be close, you know, so that it had a ring of authenticity. I know Jay read a lot of books also to get a lot of background and to feel like he understood the characters better. I read two or three Elvis biographies. There's a couple that are, you know, the long train to Memphis, I think, is one of them. And it's a it's a fantastic read. Two parts, just really, yeah. really in depth from his, you know, birth all the way to, you know, the end. I read a, a similar book on the Beatles and it was really helpful to kind of understand John Lennon. And then I, I'm, I'm reading one now on Janis Joplin. I'm a little late to yeah. that party, but I'm, <laughs> I want to understand Janis Joplin. Uh, also, um, um, you know, we spent a lot of time trying to understand who they were and then kind of playfully and imagine what they would be like in 1999. You know, yeah. if Elvis is 60 at that point, what's this a, what does a person removed 18 or so years from, from his, uh, you know, 20 years right. from his death or whatever, <laughs> what, what, what is a person like like that? And at the same time, for Kurt Cobain or Tupac and Biggie, they're pretty fresh on the scene of being who they were and to now being who they are. And so um, we, we enjoyed that. You know, Tupac is an artist artist. He's a... Yes, uh, he is. You He's dropped a, a spoiler. Very, I wasn't going to put his name out there. No, that's, a, that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. But... Uh, you know, we had some fun with them. We had some fun, yeah. you know, imagining what they would be like and what they'd be like, you know, in a place of safety and recovery and health right. and, you know, the, 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 some of the unfortunate realities of their world no longer quite being the case. Yes. Family is a big part of our story. And, yes, and you it know, is. it's not unlike the X-Men in a lot of ways. Um, these people all coming together and we wanted to write them dialogue wise as faithfully as we could but in some of them you know we just wanted to have fun and it's like you know people change a little bit and so you know if they're if they're not a certain way we can make them however we want but we wanted to be true and in, in general to the spirit of things uh, what was john lennon's favorite uh favorite phrase he used to say in talking all the time Kyle? no know what i mean no like, there's one word yeah, know what i mean he used it a lot yeah i noticed it yeah. but <laughs> that's because he does it a lot like it's yeah. it's a it's a lot it's a it's excessive uh, when you watch a video. <laughs> now, there's a couple moments in the book that I, I really liked. 
Um, and I was really just like, think they would look so cool on the big screen. Uh, uh, one, the end battle when Cole's plane like shows up through the smoke, right? And everybody's mm. fighting. <laughs> and I was trying to think, man, that would be pretty sweet. And you see him, you know, coming in and he's in the cockpit and he's waving at the, get in the plane, get in the plane. <laughs> and then uh, Elvis doing the exact same thing, but like the silhouette when his character comes in from the smoke and he's about ready to face off with the uh, person who I'm not going to name at the end of the book uh when they finally square off and you're like oh i was like man what would be his his cliche 1980s tagline what would he say when he comes hmm. through the smoke you know and uh, that's funny well you, you know, know we kind of we kind of give him a uh, little bit of a tagline in chapter one you know he gets to say it's time to go loco time to go yep. loco yeah yeah well, I I love, start- what i love about that scene is uh when we were writing it i was thinking to myself like how long should an action scene be? And, um, you know, I, I love classic rock and I love the song stranglehold. And so that's why I wrote that into that, into that scene where that song's eight minutes and yeah. an action sequence should probably be about eight minutes. And so I was like, let's have a timestamp, you know, yeah. where we can say, this is how long it took for them to get in and do what they had to do and get out. And so that's why he went in and he started the, the 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 song so that there's a song going, but it also adds like a psychological element. What the song's saying got you in a stranglehold, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I just thought that was really kind of cool how it all kind of you know worked together. One one you of guys- our one of our biggest inspirations is uh, you know one of the things that we did a whole lot in the book when we first wrote it is we had song lyrics everywhere. I mean, it was just yeah. these these guys eat, sleep, and breathe music, and so we. You know, our inspiration was Ready Player One. I don't know if you've actually read the Ready uh, Player One book. Man, we could have a whole other podcast on that. I loved it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so that was it. one of our big inspirations. And all of the quotes and all of the things and all of the Easter eggs. I mean, Easter egg on top of Easter egg on top of yeah. Easter egg. I mean, it's a egg factory. And uh, we wanted to do that. But then, you know, we realized pretty quickly when we started talking to the publisher and the lawyers that uh, yep. you can get sued for that. So you can't use the lyrics. Yeah. We, mo- we, we really pulled just about all the lyrics out and uh um but we we did keep the song titles and and there are a lot of those if you listen to the song while you're listening to reading the chapter it'll like it'll click yeah (laughs) yeah i was gonna say you've got a lot of songs that um that click into what the scene is doing uh throughout which is really really neat neat little aspect Uh, another scene that i was thinking man i'd like to see on the big screen is Cole's uh like um his layer that he builds <laughs> right i was like man what would that look like them walking in i was like that'd be pretty sweet to see and um elvis presley is a janitor uh in the first <laughs> act of the book there i was like man i was like that would be so cool you know the cole's out there and he's interviewing for jobs and elvis is playing a janitor and he comes in to try to talk to cole on the side I was like, man, what would that even look like? I was like, that's pretty cool. Well, I love Jay. Jay wrote the first draft of the uh, of the when he inter- when I, when Cole actually interviews with with uh, with Elvis, and uh, I love the way he 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 unspooled that, you know, because it, so when someone's dead, they're dead in our world, yep. right? And so even though there's something highly familiar about him, he's like, I recognize this guy, you know, he's. He sings and, he, you know, the way he looks, his sideburns, all these things, but he just doesn't put it together because, you know, Elvis is dead. 
Then yeah. he's sitting across from him. Elvis is certainly him. not 60 years old. Right. Yeah. When he's, he's sitting across from him and, and, and it kind of all comes together when the light bulb comes on for him. It's like, <laughs> I just love the way he, he unspooled that, you know, and it was just really kind of cool because I think that's what the way it would really happen if you ran into someone. A living dead man, you know, you'd be like, what? <laughs> what? Has anyone ever told you you look a lot like Elvis Presley? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. I get it all the time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, uh, oh, and by the way, I always pictured, I'm not sure if you pictured him, but uh, Dr. Self in the book. I was like, man, that should be Jeff Goldblum. I, was oh. like, I don't know if you ever put that in. I was like, I could see him playing that. That's a winner. Wow. I like that. That is good. Yeah. Good, good, good call. Can, can I tell him his original name? And, and Do you, go for we it. Not? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Just seeing your Iron Man behind. His original name uh, was Dr. Stark. Dr. Uh, Stark, yeah. And he was supposed to be very close to the snarky, you know, Tony Stark. Right. Uh, but then we were like, you know, it's maybe it's just a little too close. So we changed his name. Keep it close, but not quite. Um but but change him from from you know kind of kind of cool to kind of creepy. <laughs> so that was yeah. sort of you know the the tweak that he that that happened uh, somewhat based on a pre- professor of ours in college to some degree. <laughs> That's always the best inspirations <laughs> is when they're off of real people. <laughs> um, all right, so a couple of like fun questions. Uh, if either one of you, if your book was made into a movie, which character would you guys play if they wanted you to be in the movie? Uh, what do you think you guys would would be excited to play? Who, which character? Yeah, man, that's a good one. I, I'm I'm a terrible actor, so I'd have to be uh, just a really, you know, maybe maybe Elvis could snap my neck as he you steps out henchman. of the elevator in chapter one. Yeah, be <laughs> henchman number one. You there know? you go. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be kind of fun to be Bull Langston, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It'd be kind that of fun be to, to be Bull. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I would love I would have a lot of fun playing Elvis, you know, yeah, uh, throughout most of the story. Elvis is the one that always knows one more thing than everybody else. And yeah. uh, I think that's a lot of fun to kind of play that role. Yeah, that would be a good one. Um, uh, well, every time I kept reading about Jimi Hendrix, I kept picturing there's an actor. His name is Davey Diggs. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Oh, uh, yeah, but he yeah. plays he what I know him from is he plays uh uh, uh, Thomas Jefferson and Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where I first met David Diggs and Snowpiercer, uh, right? He's in Snowpiercer. And I was going to say that the 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 show about the train going through the snow. Yeah, yeah, Snowpiercer. He's on that one too. I was like, he's he's young, but that's I a great like, that's a great call. I like that. they could hold him up. I was like, David Diggs, I think could pull off. Jimmy I like Hendrix. that a lot. Yeah. We uh, we've two- had a couple. We've had we've had several ideas. Uh, I, you know, I think I said Jamie Foxx, and then. Kyle had a great one. Uh, a lot of times following the Jim Morrison kind of thought process, Kyle, you had a, you had a good one for Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, Andre 3000 already played him in a movie about 10, 12 years ago. Oh, and Andre 3000 is a good one too. Yeah. He's getting older, you know, I yep. think he's probably in his fifties by now. And so he, he could be close to the same age as Jimmy was, you know, yep. he can uh, perform too. So yeah, he could. Yeah. He's such an amazing musician. Yeah. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. That would definitely get. And then Jamie Foxx. I mean, you could throw him as as uh, anybody in there. He's so good. Oh, he's so good. Jamie Foxx is amazing. Um, so uh, the book ends with it definitely open ended. Uh, so the the question, the big question of the book, hasn't necessarily been been uh, been completed. I mean, they. 
they did stop the bad guy, but uh, the bad guy's still going. He's not stop stopped. And so, is there any work or any plans to for book number two? Well, you know, as we've talked ad nauseum now, Star Wars is the inspiration, and what after the Death Star blows up. Darth Vader's still out there. His TIE yeah, fighter is just twisting off into space. So, you know, we, we, and we by definitely. By the way, they blew up like two more Death Stars later on. So. They did. They just keep making them. <laughs> Guys, somehow Palpatine is back. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, but, uh, you know, we wanted to write a story that that had legs, that, you know, yeah. not just not just one and done. We wanted the first story to be, you know, again, like New Hope. Like it's, yep. it's a complete story, but there's There's, there's more there's to tell that are left. So we would like to make a trilogy. That's our ultimate plan. We, we're not interested in doing, you know, 12 different, you know, dead rockstar movies. We hear stories, right. you know, we want to do a, a trilogy. We have, we have an idea, a pretty solid idea for book two. And we're, and we're starting to formulate a little bit for book three to bring it all together. Uh, but yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the big picture plan, you know, that we'd love to, to make happen with a universe. Yeah. Graphic novels would be easy. Uh, cartoons would be easy. You know, other people telling other stories about, you know, uh, the younger life, you know, the, yep. the 20 years in between where Elvis passed away in real life versus him becoming a secret agent. There's a lot of stories there. There's a lot of yes, there is. fascinating things that could be there. But for us, we want to tell three stories, three specific time frames. And we want our Star Wars, our our New Hope, our Empire Strikes Back, and our Return of the Jedi. And I think we've uh, I think we've got the general gist of it. But the important thing, Matt, for us is like uh, we want to make sure people want to read it. You know, it's one yeah. thing to it's one thing to pour your heart into something and make make it all and do it. But it's if if people don't like it, well, then you know uh, that's what we're doing this for. We we get excited about telling stories and hopefully you know helping people to have some fun. It's not a, not as easy thing to do anymore. Uh, right. A lot of serious things got in the world. Good, it's nice to have fun. Yeah. It's definitely a great story. I'm going to try to get my wife to read it. She's, she is uh, a devourer of books. Good. And mm. uh, so <laughs> she reads tons and tons of stuff, all kinds of stuff. Well, you could just so, remind her that there's a love story in there and that uh, yeah, she'll, sure. she'll, she'll enjoy the love story. And so I'll <laughs> see if I can get her, uh, get her to read it. I'm not sure. It's not quite her forte, but um, but she'll just she's a she likes to read all kinds of stuff. So we'll see if I can get her to do it. So I think your title for book two should be the Dead Rock Stars. I am the Walrus. Oh, <laughs> I was thinking that I was like, boom. I was like, you guys can keep that one. <laughs> we we're workshopping ideas now. We'll put it. We'll put it in the queue. Yes, uh, um, we've, we've gotten some good ones. Some people. Uh, uh, somebody talked to us about a doomsday clock as being one of the things. Yeah. Ooh, a good an idea. Yep, a doomsday mm -hmm. clock. That's not a bad one too. Um, so uh, we're at the end of my show, and I ask everybody sort of the same six questions. Uh, just at the end, just kind of fun to see what people say. I did tweak yours slightly uh, because of our topic tonight, but we'll start off like I always start off. Uh, and you guys can both answer or you can uh, uh, take a turn. doesn't matter. Uh, what is your favorite smell? Oh, oh gosh. Or one of your favorite smells. I love, I love a good uh, chocolate dessert smell, whether it's a chocolate nice. pie or a chocolate cake. That's, that's a that's good one. Pretty nice. I love vanilla. 
Vanilla, yeah. yeah I, a good I, I one. Can, as a child, I can think about like homemade vanilla ice cream being made and the, the churning and the salt and that smell. Yeah. Uh, I think that's where it started for me. Uh, what is one of your favorite kinds of sandwiches? <sighs> Man, there's a place here in uh, Nashville called Mitchell's Deli, and they've got a chicken portobello. That is my, yeah. my favorite sandwich in the world. It's so good. That's a good one. I've eaten enough cheeseburgers in my life to, I don't know, probably populate the earth with cheeseburgers. I think I, <laughs> I, uh, I love a, a, a bacon cheeseburger with some barbecue sauce on there. That's my favorite. Yeah, that's a good one too. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite kind of drink? I think I might know Jay's. <laughs> I mean, Dr. Pepper. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was I was born in Texas. You can't take it out. Of, you can't take it out of me. I'm a Dr. Pepper boy. Dr. Pepper, that's a good one. The sugars have uh, have taken over my life, so I've had to go to diet Dr. Pepper, and uh, by far it is uh, my my drug of choice when it comes to uh, beverage. <laughs> yeah, well, diet Dr. Pepper, I think it's the best of any of the diet drinks. It's pretty good. I um, when you when you jump into diet drinks, the aftertaste is just yeah, uh, all consuming, and diet Dr. Pepper yeah. has the least amount of that, in my opinion. Yes, it does. Um, what is one thing that makes you happy every time it happens? Man, these days it's when I find someone, uh, who's read the book (laughs) and loved it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I I mean it. It just, it just brings such joy to my heart when someone's, man, I read your book. It was so good. You know, that, that really, I love it. It makes me happy. I agree. I'm going to, I'm going to say the same one thing. It's just, maybe it's because that's what we're eating and sleeping and breathing Right, right right now. But but when someone gives us a compliment that's specific, that, mm. that they they loved this or they thought about this, uh, somebody yeah. uh, very early on said to me, he was explaining it and he was talking to his daughter and he was like, you would you have to read this book. I loved it. Now, you know how the Gilmore Girls, how the dialogue is like in the Gilmore Girls? They were like, it's like that. And I was <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. You just compared <laughs> me to like one of the best you know, dialogue writers in Hollywood right <laughs> yeah. now. Uh, and so like that for that kind of a comment, I was like, Oh yeah, let's be the yeah, Gilmore that's girls. <laughs> that's a that's good a one. Um, and so since you, we got a couple of movie buffs here, uh, what's a movie soundtrack that moved you the most? What's a very memorable movie soundtrack? Ooh, man. I, it not necessarily moved me, but, Fondest memories, fondest childhood memories are cranking the Top Gun soundtrack and swimming in my yeah. best friend's pool in his yep. backyard, playing with the boys, you know, swimming and, and playing and highway to the danger zone, you yep. know, like all that stuff. I think that would have to be one. That's of the a good one. For me, That's for sure. a good pool for sure. Kyle, Kyle, when did the uh, the movie with uh, the 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 statesman Tom Cruise come out where he was a bartender? Like what what year cocktail. was that? Oh, was cocktail, cocktail, eighty eight, nineteen eighty eight. Yeah. So my mom loved that movie and she loved that soundtrack. And so I have distinct memories of watching the cassette tape go into the car and us singing, mm-hmm. you know, cocktail singing yeah. uh, Kokomo by the beach Kokomo. boys and, yeah. and those kind of things. Kokomo. That was one of my favorites. And, too. and uh, to, to drive around with the top down, listening to Kokomo or the windows down, it was like the coolest thing ever. So I, I would say cocktail <laughs> soundtrack. Yeah, that's a good pool. Um, what is one of the most beautiful things you have ever seen? 
I'll go first so so you don't have to steal it, but, and you can appreciate this, Matt, um, holding my four pound, 13 ounce and five pound, 13 ounce daughters in my hand, um, watching that whole experience and then holding my hand for us, we had difficulty having children, didn't know if we could have children. And when it happened to be able to hold them in my hands, it was I mean, one of them was so ugly, too, when she came out. I mean, like, <laughs> folds of skin. She looked like an old lady, like, when she came out. But it didn't matter. Like, I was just right, right, right. overwhelmed with joy. Yeah. And you can't use that, Kyle. you got to do something different. Yeah. Well, usually, when I ask that question, I preference. And don't say your family. Everybody yeah. says family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't shake this, so I'll just say it. But, uh, man, uh, when, about 15 years ago, I, I went to New York City, and we went to Times Square at night. And I, you know, I, I would rather be in the mountains or on the beach or whatever. I'm, I don't, I don't right. know, downtown. But something about Times Square at night, all that light being right there in the middle where, you know, Every movie ever, you know, in Times Square takes place right there at that little island in the middle of the whole thing. Standing there, something about it was beautiful. Now, it's not the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, but something about that place, that moment, being there, it was just beautiful. So I know that's kind of a weird answer, but uh, at Times Square at night, uh, after I did it, I said, I'm glad I did that. And I'm going to tell everyone, you know, you need to go to Times Square at night. It's just just breathtaking. Right. Right. Those are all great questions, man. Um, so uh, we're going to wrap it up, Anna. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, thanks for writing your book. It was a really great read. Thanks and, for reading uh, it. Thank you, man. Yeah, well, yeah. Thanks for reaching out. I got a, I picked up a few things reading it along the way, and I added a few songs to my Spotify list after going through saying, oh, yeah, that is a good song. Oh, that's great. I was, I'd have to put that in there. Um, everybody go out and buy the dead rock stars. It's virtually available most anywhere you get a book. Um, definitely in the big stores, it's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um, and, uh, if you guys got a local bookstore, I'm sure they can order a copy of it for you. No problem whatsoever. Uh, Jane Kyle was a pleasure to get to know you guys a bit. And, uh, I hope we can, uh, have you on the show again, talking about dead rock stars too, at some point. We would uh, love that. So hopefully it doesn't it won't be in four years, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I can't wait. Uh, you'll have to let me know uh, whenever that's going to drop. Shoot me an email. I'll be looking forward uh, to catching that one. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. Thanks for having us. We had a great time, Matt. Yeah, man. Remember, folks, find what makes you happy and do it. There's a lot of life out there to live, so make it a good one. Be kind, be nice, be good. And everyone have a good week.